Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective. This is the first podcast I'm recording of the new year, 2021, starting with a whimper, not a bang. We're all in lockdown here, but I'm um, delighted to welcome onto Zoom, so working from home, Ganesh Krishnan from AI Hello. AI Hello is what they call themselves first-class automation from Amazon. So they're really aiming to take the pain of going through all those spreadsheets and all that nightmare of micromanaging your Amazon ads and also... I think the dangers of spending crazy amounts of money on it when you don't even know, which is something we've both experienced. So very greatly needed. And you're warmly welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Michael. Uh, my name is Ganesh. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. Let's get started. So what, what we do is we do a full service automation for Amazon. And uh, we are one of the top rated Amazon app on the Amazon Seller Central app store. Excellent. Yes. And we're going to dig into a, a bit of the detail, but just tell me what you mean by full service or first class automation. So how most of the Amazon PPC automation works, uh, a lot of our competitors do is that you have to go in, set up the rules. Uh, you can choose what time you want your ads to be active. You can choose you know, how to set your uh, bids by ECOS. So what we do is we completely wipe this off the table and then we say well, it's a first class automation. All you need to do is switch it on. And our AI will automatically detect what are the best selling times, uh, increase the bid during those times, and during the night, it will drop it to the lowest. If your products don't sell in the night, but some products sell you know, better in the night. Uh, so we increase the bid during the night. So we do automated day parting, and we also increase and decrease the bid depending on your ACOS target. So the only parameter that we need from you is the ACOS target. The rest of it, we manage it ourselves. So so it's led by an ACOS target. That's very interesting. I mean, I know that day parting is not an automatic part of the Amazon ad system. And people who are really, you know, come from Google ads are often a bit shocked at that lack of kind of granular control. So that's very, very interesting. So you just set the ACOS target. So why do you think if we sort of step back one level from the detail of how to run Amazon ads through an automated system for a second? Why is this particularly important, do you think, in people's businesses? What's the bigger picture that it makes this so significant? I think from my experience of talking to thousands of sellers over the last year is that most of the people you know, treat Amazon as a casino. They come in, they want to gamble, they want to spend their money. And close to 88% of them go bankrupt in the first year. And uh, a lot more go bankrupt in the second year. As you, know, as you, as you mentioned a few uh, moments before, it's a gold rush now. Everyone wants to get into the Amazon business. But it's exactly like it because, you know, people want to go in, throw the money, you know, and get out. And unfortunately, 40 to 60 percent of the money, the highest portion of it goes into ads. And then is the product cost and then is the shipping cost. So I, I even wrote a blog post where Amazon makes more money by not selling your product than by selling your product. Because people click around and the commissions that Amazon earns from ads, you know, from people clicking around 10 or 20 product is much more than what Amazon has from selling one product. So what we did is that the whole goal of our, of our software, of our company, is to make sure that, that you do not throw money at Amazon. We tell you what is the right price for the product. We tell you what is the right bid for it. 
and we make sure you sell it for the right price. That's uh, a couple of shocking statistics. Well, three shocking things. I mean, the first thing, 88% go bankrupt in the first year. I mean, that's kind of insane. <laughs> but I guess that it's rather like I was saying to somebody the other day, that Amazon isn't a different business model to normal business. It's on steroids. In other words, you know, you'd expect out of a new most new businesses that 80% will, will stop trading within the first five years. But actually, that's like an exaggerated version of that statistic, isn't it? That most people actually go bankrupt in the first year. The second shocker, but then to anyone who's been around for a long time, maybe it's less shocking that 60% of your money goes into ads. I mean, that's a hugely high percentage. My rule of thumb is you should be spending about 10% of your ad rev of your overall revenue on ads. I mean, where did you get that figure from? That's incredibly high. Well, it's uh, something we based on our uh, interviews with sellers, what I've seen, you know, and the data, what we have spoken to people. But what you need to think about is that to start a business, you need to spend a lot on ads. If you're an established company, of course, you can keep your ad target between 10 to 30%. But most people that are recently starting up, they have no chance to be visible. They don't have reviews. They don't have, you know, the credibility. They don't know what they're doing. They just set up the ads and they forget about it. They're too small for agencies. So roughly 60% is on the low end for ads. Some people spend 80%, 100%. We even have a client that is a well-established top Amazon seller, and their cost is 80%. You would also be surprised, I shouldn't be saying this, but we have some Amazon gurus using our platform and that our cause is not what they say it is. Well, yes, this is often the way in, in the Amazon world, isn't it? So, yeah, okay. So once you establish it's going to be at lower, I suppose what I was thinking of, and this is an important point to make actually, is that we've got to define which percentages we get obsessed with. Now, I have one of my favorite metrics is the advertising to sales ratio, which is, for example, if you make $1,000 in sales and you spend $100 in ads to, to help drive that, then your ad to sales ratio is, is um, 10%. So you're talking yeah. about ACOS, which is more directly the sales attributed to a particular set of ads, right? Right. So just to be clear about that. Okay, so that explains why 60% is sounded so high. I mean, but nevertheless, it's it's a pretty... So pretty much guaranteed to make you zero profit unless you've got an extremely um, high profit margin, right? So 60% ACOS means that you're basically going to be losing money on those ads at the very least. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Okay. So the other thing you've said, which is obvious as soon as you say it, but it's really kind of thought-provoking, not to say alarming, that Amazon makes more money by not selling your product. As soon as you said it, I thought, well, okay, so I'm selling a widget for $20. They, there are 20 clicks to get to that. That's $20 in, in ad spend if, if, if it's a dollar a click. And of course, if they actually sell it, then they only take 15% or $3. So as soon as you said that, I thought, my goodness, that's absolutely true. And I hadn't thought of it. So that's quite scary. <laughs> so how do we how do we guard ourselves against that? I guess we, we're kind of here to answer that question. But what's the sort of simplest version of the answer to how do we stop that happening? I wish there was a simple answer. That is no simple answer. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a simple answer, I guess, to a dumb question. Well, let, let's let's go a little bit further into this automation thing. So you were saying that ad automation is, is seen as a different thing by different other platforms. And there are plenty of platforms that purport to do ad automation for Amazon sellers, right? So how do you define the word ad automation for Amazon selling? Well, for us, automation means complete automation. That means you just uh, click a button, set your you know, a cost target, and then you forget about it. And then everything else, you know, the day parting, the bids, the placement boost, everything should be handled by the platform. If you're setting the rules, then uh, you might as well do it in Excel sheet or you might do it yourself. 
And the problem with setting the rules is most of the time you don't even know your product. You know, you don't know what, if I ask you what is your best selling product and what times it sells, you know, how much is going to sell tomorrow? Most people won't know the answer. But if you increase the number of SKUs, you know, from 50 to 100 to 150, then of course it's impossible for a human to do it. If humans could do it, you know, on their own, they might as well get a pen and paper and then, you know, do the calculations. But that's not what we are here for, you know, like we are here to save you time, save money and save you um, energy. So what we essentially do is we put all these algorithms in, we put our automation uh, tool in that automatically calculates what your bid should be, when it should be automated day parted. And then we run an algorithm on top of it. The algorithm calculates your performance and then we calculate the optimal bid based on that. I guess what you're saying, even if you do it mechanically, what it comes down to is the bid level and yeah. the day parting. So when you show ads and when you turn them off or when I guess not just turn them off, but, but up and, and lower the bid. Yeah. What about the budget side of things? Is a daily budget that's ascribed to particular campaigns and stuff? How, how do you deal with that side of things? We don't deal with the budget because the budget is more of a business decision. And what we generally tell our sellers is that if your campaign is profitable, keep increasing the budget. It's not something we we are comfortable with AI doing it because you know we, we have circuit breakers within the bid, and we, we don't want to put the same circuit breakers within the you know because sometimes it's it's exceptionally possible. Sometimes you know AI can go crazy and they can go you know bid for some reason. So we have a circuit breaker for that. But for the for the budget, we always tell the people set a particular budget and then don't change it for the next couple of months until the campaign becomes profitable. Then increase it gradually. So that part has to be done because it's a business decision has to be done by you. Okay, interesting. So what you're implying then the next thing is, and I guess this is a broader strategic question than just ad automation, right? I guess we've got to think about how do we rationally use ads to get a return on investment and even more basically to not run out of cash and go broke. So you said set the budget for say two months then run it for a while till it's profitable and then up the budget as much as you can afford and of course i guess you've got to do internal cash flow calculations as a business owner as to how much that's affordable to do but even if it's an roi it doesn't mean you can't go broke but tell me about that then you're implying i guess that it's going to take a couple of months to get profitable is is that realistically the, the case what what is this two months period about Sorry, I should have been more specific. Campaigns, when they start out, you know, users, when they start out, it really takes, you know, around one to two months before they can start seeing good results. If you are a fresh new, you know, Amazon seller, but if you've been selling for a while, it might take around 15 to 30 days before your campaign, you know, all the, the, the bleeding has stopped and you're making some money out of it. What we generally recommend is that as long as the campaigns are profitable, keep increasing the budget. And more importantly, does it fit your cash flow? Just because a campaign is profitable doesn't mean, you know, you, you'll be able, able to afford the ads because Amazon takes 15 days for you to give the money. Sometimes, you know, you need to give the suppliers two months in advance. The shipping takes one month. We don't know what your cash flow is. We don't know where your products are coming from. So the budgeting has always to be done by you internally, by a human. That's the only human aspect of ads. Yeah, that does make sense to me. And actually, th there's no getting around the fact that, and this is one of the obsessions I'm personally sort of forcing on anyone who'll listen to me as a client anywhere because uh, you put your finger on it that cash flow is everything is absolutely everything you can profit and loss is actually the more i learn about accounting as i understand it and i'm not an accountant nor do i play one on the internet but it's really clear that it's a semi-fictional number that is very flexible and particularly depending on what you're allowed to do legally in terms of depreciation that it can be a very changeable number whereas cash doesn't lie and cash flow or the lack of it is what kills a business so i really like the fact that you push that responsibility back onto the business owner 
So tell me a bit about your the numbers you've just given me there. So it takes a couple of months if you're a fresh seller to get a good result from your advertising. That kind of yeah. feels a lot longer than the vibe that is, should we say, the, the feeling that is given out by a lot of training out there. So what's behind that? Why does it take so long to, to get to a profitable or at least a, a reasonable ad return on ad spend? The reason is it's getting harder and harder for new sellers to, to establish themselves. And one to two months is a very rough figure. It could be longer. It could be shorter. It depends on what you're selling. For some sellers, it could be as short as five days. Some, for some sellers, it's more than three months. It depends on what you're selling. We have some sellers that are selling you know, the contactless thermometer, which right now is really, really hard and really competitive, but they're selling it at a high price. And it has taken them two months you know, for them to, to sell, to get some reviews. So there's a lot of factors that goes in. So when I say you know, one to three months, it's on the broad range of different kinds of sellers, different kinds of product, different kinds of you know, categories. Apparel is, for example, very hard to sell. So it, it really depends, but from what I've seen from our experience, it's around one to three months. It also accounts into factor that if we create the campaigns using yeah, hello, we start very, very conservative. So we start at one of the lowest bid, and then we keep on increasing until you're profitable. Now that's very interesting. I mean, that, that's sort of the opposite to what quite a few people teach. And, and what I've tended to do myself, I have to say, and maybe this is something I need to adjust, but I generally say to my clients, well, if you're going to get visibility and, and you're being judged from the day one, first of all, by the algorithm. So if you don't get sales and you don't get clicks or a decent click through rate, say whatever it is, 0.7%, 1%, whatever your view is, then the algorithm isn't going to start ranking you for any juicy keywords. And so I always feel like there's this rush to get visibility for keywords at all costs. Now, is that a misguided idea? No, that's absolutely right, actually. So it's, it's in a way right, but you have to remember that Amazon algorithm is constantly updating so they're always, are always updating. So if you rush to get a high um, number of impressions, high number of clicks, you know, you're, 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 of course, you're on the top, but you're losing a lot of money. And then if you drop down your, you know, your algorithm, you, of course, your sales ranking is going to drop down. So it's like being on a, on a hamster wheel. You, know? you always have to keep running. So you, you could do it either way, but they're not wrong. It's just that we say that do it gradually rather than you know, rushing into it and spending all your money. Of course, you can do it as well. You, know, you can ask our um, AI hello, to put a really high cost target, 60% and 8%, and you can do it. Our general idea is don't spend all your money trying to you know, go for the gold rush, do it gradually. Our new partner for today's episode is Ovals, the stock management experts. According to Retail Dive, e-commerce store owners lost $22 billion in sales because of being out of stock. 15% of consumers actually switched sites to buy the item if they encountered an out-of-stock product online. Don't let that be your customer. Ovals can help you avoid these mistakes. With Ovals, you can check for stock errors and improve inventory accuracy to increase sales. Ovals want to help you grow your sales with a free inventory accuracy cheat sheet. All our listeners will get two months of an Ovals paid plan for free. You can get your free months by visiting ovals.io forward slash amazing FBA. That's O-V-A-L-Z dot I-O forward slash amazing F for Freddy, B for Bertie, A for Alpha. Yeah, well, that's probably uh, a more conventional business-like approach. And I guess one of the things about the Amazon situation is because it's a kind of real knockout contest, particularly something like contactless thermometer, if you're trying to rank for a keyword like that, yeah. it's going to be so much demand and so much supply that it's going to be super hard to rank. And I would imagine that you could spend all of your money trying to rank for that and get nowhere. But on the other hand, it's kind of hard to imagine ranking for a keyword like that without spending a ton of money. And is that something you've seen is actually possible to do that? 
Well, the story that I tell is that you are trying to run away from a tiger that's chasing you. Now, there's a group of people and the tiger that's chasing you. And one guy says that you don't have to outrun the tiger. You just have to outrun all the people. So when you are, when you are, you know, when you are running, when you are running a competition against a certain amount of people, you don't have to be smarter than Amazon. You just have to be, you know, have a longer budget and more stamina and more patience than the rest of the competitors. So the rest of the competitors are going to spend all the money. You know, they're going to go probably bankrupt. A lot of them are going to drop out. You just need to have a long run, a long stamina. And we always say Amazon is not a sprinting business; it's a marathon. So you need to keep running for a long time. So make sure you have the money, make sure you have the budget, make sure you're smart about it, make sure you don't overspend on ads, and make sure you keep going. It's an extremely good point. I mean, and strategic in terms of business strategy, it, it sounds primitive but effective. But actually, given the statistic you've given me that eighty-eight percent of people that start off go go bankrupt in the first year, I guess yeah. if you will last for a year and a month, then that means eighty-eight percent of your competition is gone. In theory, right? That's a crude way of looking at it, but. It's a very good point and actually one that I, I could do well to probably remind myself because I guess I know a lot of business owners that are super aggressive and growing and some of them have, have 10x their revenue since they joined the, the 10K Collective three years ago, the mastermind I run. And, and certainly some people have doubled or even tripled their business this year. And I yeah. guess in that context, it's quite tempting to be super aggressive. And what you're saying is that, that stamina is probably the more important sort of characteristic to how as a business owner than aggression. Yeah. It's it's a different business model, you know. Neither of them is is right or neither of them is wrong. There's no right and wrong in business, you know. It, it, what works for you. The people who are aggressive usually have a really big cash flow. They have a lot of cash sitting on them. They have a lot of mm. you know, cash to throw around. And of course, it's is the fastest way to do it if you have lots of cash. Majority of the people do not have lots of cash. For them, it's yeah. That does make sense. And yes, that's very true that the people I know that are successful with that approach generally have a, a pretty healthy budget. And the thing is, they're realistic about the fact that when they launch a new product, not only if they spend a lot of money on product development, probably, but especially product manufacturing and freighting and so forth, but they're realistic that their first three months are a cash flow negative for that product. And then in months four, five, six, they expect to repay that and then make a lot of money for the remaining lifetime of the product. So I guess you're right. that the, That's absolutely correct that what you just said is, does applies to people with quite deep pockets and i guess it's horses for courses right but you're quite correct that there's no point in being the kind of you know newcomer with a tiny budget and acting like you're some big guy because that's a great way to go bankrupt very quickly yeah excellent okay well that's funny you're right it's uh, what you're saying is the is the right way just be aggressive just try to you know beat out the competition you know and then try to get ahead of it as quickly as possible but if you're on a limited budget Mm. to be a marathon runner the thing about that one is it's probably just less efficient financially it's it's a quicker way to grow the business but it's probably higher risk which is a risk you can take if you've got experience if you've got cash flow from existing products which can can then finance the the new product launches but you're quite right that actually with a smaller budget it's probably more efficient in terms of return on ad spend over say a year or something if you look at it i'd imagine to to start small because you're going to get a certain amount of return on investment from even really low bids and by definition it's going to be you know good value because you're getting a click for 10 cents it's bound to get i guess a better return now one of the things that i know happens with amazon ads caveat to what i just said is that with sponsored product ads if you bid really low within the amazon system my understanding is that and i've occasionally seen this but wanted to get the experts view that yeah. you're going to end up showing up not instead of sponsored ads they'll say well this isn't actually enough bud bid to show up anywhere for the sponsored ads and you'll just start appearing in sort of various other forms of ads which aren't really proper sponsored ads they're not keyword driven search term driven so what's yeah. what are your thoughts about that 
it could be possible it is what is called as an ad spend as a remnant ad so if if there's no you know suitable ad amazon starts displaying all these remnant ads in different places in junk places if you if your keyword bid is really low then you shouldn't worry about it because even if you make one sale out of 1000 you know your echoes is going to be around 1 to 5% it's a good way to do it it's it's a way as what what you call as some people call it as a bottom trolling they put in you know, a lot of sponsored a product with a really really low bid in the hope that it might you know get into one of these remnant places and get some sale it's a good way to do it if you are you know if you're micromanaging a product so with the approach that ai hello would naturally take so start with super low bids is it quite common that that will result in in this kind of remnant ads being what results what amazon gives you it could be quite possible but frankly it doesn't matter because as soon as we you know the algorithm sees that there is no sales to it it will start increasing the bid and okay. try to reduce the target at cost so it will keep on increasing the bid you have to remember that amazon also constantly you know uh, monitors the bid it updates it every couple of hours every couple of you know minutes in fact and then it starts showing the ads in the right places so when you start really low yes of course it will is going to show you in some of the remnant areas areas where there is no ads you know no high bids and then it will start showing over there and then it'll, as we increase the bid it will start showing it in the right position interesting because i mean th- what's interesting i was about to ask you why bother with ad automation but this is kind of leading us into a slightly different question which is that actually when you're managing things manually and as you say if you've got a couple of hundred skews or even if you've got 20 and you're busy then it's not practical to micromanage and therefore the way you set stuff up at the beginning is the way it's going to be in 2 months time and if you set up something with as you call it the bottom trolling ads that are showing up in odd places and you end up getting clicks and not sales it could end up being actually more useless and and spending more money without resulting in sales than a slightly more expensive ad that shows up in valuable places but the difference team that and what you just described is that ad automation adjusts to reality constantly okay. and i guess that's the big difference right so tell me a little bit more about i guess what's the difference in how to manage because we still got to manage our budget we still got to manage our money as as the entrepreneur how do you approach managing an ad budget when you're using automation as opposed to when you're doing it manually what are the differences i think the way you manage a budget has to be irrelevant whether you're using automation or manual i mean it's it's, it's debatable but I, i'm up for a debate for it what our thumb rule is that if a campaign is profitable is if it is hitting your target at cost and is constantly reaching 85% 90% or out of budget then increase the budget for it so keep on increasing the budget for it that is a bit of a kind of a, a hearsay around the amazon community on facebook group that if you keep your budget really high then it's considered as a well performing campaign Uh, but that's not the way ads work ads work on a round robin basis until the bu- uh, budgets are uh, exhausted so what happens is all the budgets are kept in a pool all the campaigns are kept in a pool uh, and they ranked by performance and amazon keeps on picking up um, ads from each campaign you know in a round robin fashion and if anyone is out of budget they're kicked out of the pool so it's it's a round robin fashion it doesn't matter if your budget is you know $1000 or $10 you get an equal opportunity to be displayed it depends on the bids interesting so yeah you make a very very important point and that is something that i understood to be the case and back in the day maybe i suppose more like 2017 is the last time i personally really did this sort of thing but putting a high budget on the amazon ad campaigns i heard that it sent the signal to the algorithm that you want to be aggressive and spend more but i guess what you're saying is really unless you run out of budget you're going to get a fairly equal usage of the money across different campaigns is that right 
That is correct. You could keep it $1, you could keep it $1,000, you get an equal opportunity until you run it. Because it's a pool. Amazon is not really that smart. And with millions of sellers, you know, there's no computer in the world that can, you know, do all of this calculation. You have to remember the ads algorithms are in a very straightforward, simple, non-complicated way. They're all in a pool. They're sorted by the bids, by the bid and by the performance. And they get all an equal opportunity. And they're going, uh, Amazon, you know, ad system goes around a round robin way and then gives each one an equal opportunity. If you're out of budget, you're kicked out of the pool and the rest of the pool is just, it keeps on going around. It's like a musical chair. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay, until you run out of, of money. Okay, I get it. So it goes round and round. You remove a couple of chairs, it goes faster around the other remaining chairs. Yeah, interesting. Now, that's a really very important piece of knowledge. And, and for those who are listening who are real ad experts are probably saying, duh, Mike, you know, we've known this for three years, but I mean, maybe it's still a myth that goes round because I, I don't do that anymore, but I have heard people that have done it. And and the risk of it, obviously, and I was saying to you before we went on online that I've been working with a client and I've confessed this to him. So if he's, li- I doubt he'd be listening, but it's if I've confessed to him that I was wasteful of his ad budget because I had an ad budget on in, in Germany that was just quite high-ish relative to the performance the conversion rate had been dismal for whatever weird reason for his product to be honest and i because it hadn't been doing anything i wasn't really aware of that and then suddenly a bunch of germans went click happy just before christmas maybe they were panicking about what christmas present to buy and yeah. hardly any of them bought it was a whole one percent conversion rate on that campaign which i knew because i plugged an ai hello and i got your daily update email looked at him went oh my goodness and went in and turned it off but the point is if i hadn't had a really high budget there then i wouldn't have been exposed to that risk in the first place so i guess the moral of the story for those who are you know as dumb as i can be sometimes is like don't leave a high daily budget out there unless you really have a good reason in other words what you're saying which is that you've got a proven you're hitting an a cost level that is acceptable to you yes Absolutely. Which this which is may be very, very obvious, but unfortunately, I'm dumb enough uh, and honest enough to say that I'm dumb sometimes. Yeah. I was very ashamed, by the way. I hung my head and, and offered to refund that money to my, my uh, client because it's a really stupid mistake I shouldn't be making at this stage of the game. But I'm sure I'm not the only person doing that out there. Christmas is especially, you know, like a lot of window shoppers. They just yes. check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bonanza for Amazon because they make 10 times as much money on the ads as in shipping product you know you you made such a critical point with that and i think i'd like to revisit the question of maybe you've got no magic answer to that but what is a defensive way of acting within the amazon ad world in the knowledge that amazon's actually incentivized to just have people window shop and not actually buy well i mean it might sound cliche to use the hello we we know we we (laughs) you don't overspend we make sure that you're um your bids are within limit. But, you know, reasonably speaking and honestly speaking, I don't think being in an Amazon, you can be defensive. You're inside the garden and you're expecting the owner to be nice to you. <laughs> the best way to do it is to have your own brand, sell it from your own website and use an ECOS guaranteed ad system. Something like Etsy or eBay, they do it, but there are lots of ad systems, ad networks that get you sales with a guaranteed ECOS. Within an Amazon, within the playground, you know, you can choose the game to play, but you can't p- pick the rules to play. So within an Amazon, you have to play by the rules of Amazon. So unfortunately, there is no short you know, and sweet answer to that. No, but you make a very good point. And because it's not necessarily given that all marketplaces work this way, you're saying that as ACOS guaranteed ad systems like Etsy, which I wasn't aware of, whereas yeah. Amazon does not work that way. So I suppose we just need to be at the very least aware of that possibility and, and um, be very disciplined about keeping an eye on, on 
I guess the ad budget, right? Because once we're using an AI hello type automation system, then the bids will be adjusted, but the budget's still something we need to be aware of uh, that, that if it's ending up spending. Yep. I mean, let, let's take a scenario. For example, if I'd been smart enough to not just set up AI hello to monitor that German campaign, but actually to manage it, <laughs> what would the system's reaction have been when I spent um, $200 in order to make $50 in sales, roughly? If you spent two hundred dollars and you spent fifty dollars, the next day the sales would, uh, the next day the bids would drop down. Okay. So you would make sure that you're not overspending on all of it. Christmas time is uh, particularly harsh, so we, we forecast during Christmas you're going to have a lot of you know uh, unnecessary clicks. So we reduce the bid to as low as possible, and we make it lower than your competitors. So people who are clicking on would click your competitors first, and then they would land on your product in their detail pages. So you, you get, you know, your views at a much lower bid rate. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's really the bid that um, is more critical than, than the budget. Really, I suppose I kind of was thinking of the budget as a lowering a budget as a defensive mechanism, but actually really speaking, it's the bid level that's critical is what you're saying. Yeah. Budget is for your, so make sure you don't overspend. So that's a kind of a circuit breaker within your cash flow. Yeah. Uh, of Amazon Playground, actually, there's an interesting story that was published two days ago. Uber spent $100 million on the ads, which was wasted, which didn't have to be done because they realized that there were clicks being generated, which resulted in no sales, zero sales. So they spent, hundred, I think, $100, $120 million in the last one year without any sales. And they accidentally hit upon that while they were checking out the ad system. So if they had an automated ad system, it would have been noticed. They would have saved 100 $120 million, I think. Wow, they, they better employ you. Well, I look forward to speaking to you when you're the head of ads management for, for Uber. So they spent $100 million with zero sales. Is that right? Yes. Is that even possible? What did they do? Are they advertising to people who don't leave the house or something? I mean, <laughs> they advertised to people who did not use Uber. So it was just wow. you know, clicks in random website, which Amazing. generated no sales. So they switched off Google Ads. It's Google Ads, which is the same you know, philosophy. And they had absolutely zero percent difference after turning off 100 million dollars in ads wow okay i feel a little bit better about wasting a couple of hundred bucks of my clients money now particularly as i give them in the refund well good i'm not the only person who does that so what kind of input let's come back to the sort of management side then you've said that you want to get an acos from somebody and then the system will do the rest are there any other kinds of input that you would ask a seller for if you're working with a slightly bigger company we have, you know, advanced options. So what you can do is we generally don't recommend our sellers to go in and tweak it. So you can choose how much to boost your bids, you know, depending on peak hour, off peak hour. You can choose how many keywords to, we do uh, automated keyword harvesting. So we find the keywords that your competitors are ranking for, and then we add it to your uh, campaign. We, we choose what is the minimum uh, threshold after which uh, the AI will start lowering your bid. That's a circuit breaker for each bid. Uh, where you can say, I don't want to bid more than a certain amount of, uh, you know, bid. So there are certain, you know, fine tuning to these algorithms that we can do to most of our sellers to, you know, 99% of sellers, we say, just don't, you know, tweak around with this. The default is good enough. Yeah, the danger with a lot of this stuff is that you think you know more than you do. And, and if you give an entrepreneur a chance to fiddle with something, they normally will. I mean, I say that because I'm the worst offender. And I, I kind of ban, for example, my clients who are launching new products who aren't that experienced or aren't disciplined from changing their price more than once a day, which sounds obvious. But several people, and I, we've all been there, perhaps just me and my friends, but when you first start out you want to change the price every single time you make a sale because you aren't making enough sales or you think you're about to run out of stock and you change the bids and you change everything and actually just fiddling with detail 
my experience yeah. is it gives horrendously bad quality data to then make any future decisions. So I guess that would be the main reason for not filling with it. What are your other reasons to leave it alone? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, it kind of uh, restricts our algorithms from performing, you know, with peak performance. It's good to raise the maximum out of it, but the rest of it, you know, kind of constricts our AI. You only do it if you think, you know, like, I still need to lower the echoes even more than what I've said. Thanks for listening to today's episode, folks. I hope you're finding this interesting. I certainly think that PPC management on Amazon and indeed, if you're going outside of Amazon in e-commerce more generally, managing your ad spend is absolutely critical, as um, Ganesh is talking about. And I think this is something we're going to come on, that ads are getting a bigger and bigger percentage of your visibility on pretty much any platform ever, whether it be Google, Facebook or Amazon. And Amazon's no different. So managing that spend is going to become more and more crucial to actually staying in profit. So today's topics, just to quickly recap, the fact that most Amazon sellers treat Amazon like a casino, and that's not a business-like way of doing it. Some frightening statistics about the bankruptcy. The sobering thought that Amazon makes more money from you not selling product but advertising against it than it does if you actually make sales. That's pretty scary, but it makes sense to me that you can completely see how that would work. And also, really, the, the fact that if you set up a system like AI Hello or an automated system, really, it's up to you to set your budgets such that you can afford things. But the bid side of things, which is the awkward bit to figure out how much you should be bidding on a keyword is handled automatically. So that's really quite a cool system. I've got to say, having spoken to quite a few people who run Amazon PPC automation type systems that this does seem the most um, sophisticated and actually ironically therefore the easiest to operate that I've come across so far. Um, everyone has different preferences but I would urge you to at least check it out if you are a busy seller or if you really are not doing very well with your PPC and let's face it, it is not an easy art. If that's you then you can go to amazingfba.com forward slash AI hello and you can get a nice big discount on their standard rates and you get a bit of a free trial as well. Just to be clear if you're one of the more sophisticated Amazon advertisers, you may want to try things outside of the usual sponsored products ads. And for bigger clients, they certainly deal with sponsored brands and sponsored video as well. And sponsored videos apparently are performing incredibly well for their clients at AI Hello as well. So do go and check out AI Hello and, and Ganesh if this is something that you're even considering. In the end, you've got to make your own decisions between the different platforms out there. And we've interviewed lots of different people. So I try and bring you a choice that you make for yourself or doing it manually yourself. But the one thing you have to do is have a strategy to deal with this thing, because if you look at the numbers and you discover that you're giving Amazon all your money and you're working really, really hard to make Amazon rich, guess what? They don't need your money. <laughs> you need the money. So whatever path you take, I'd really urge you to examine your PPC strategies and indeed tactics in huge detail. It will really pay off. More on the same topic in the next interview with Ganesh. For now, thank you so much for listening. And as ever, don't forget to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you're listening. And either which way, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective Podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. 
Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.